0: everybody and welcome to the American Scouser Podcast. We have a happy one today after a good week for the Reds so everybody's in a good mood and the regular crew is here as always. I am your host Timuchin and with me today is Mr. Peacock, uh, head of the Origi Fan Club. Mr. Bickler is with us. What's happening, Paul? You got that right. Doing great. I know you were worried when you didn't see Divac on the bench today, so we'll have to look into that. Well,
1: you know, he got, uh, also, he, he's hurt, man. He got 15 minutes in. You gotta, you gotta go down while your stock is high.
0: <laughs> also, with us is the Irish Jamie. Jamie, what's happening? Uh, 100%, guys, full, firing all all cylinders tonight. And the man behind the glass, as always, Parker is with us. Parker, what's up, man?
2: Doing well. Finally, got some wins under our belt, so uh, I'm pretty happy today for once. Yes, yes,
0: definitely has been a nice week. So before we get into the games, I kind of figured we will start with the Champions League and then talk about, obviously, the game today. We're recording this game, uh, this podcast, I should say, a few hours after the Wolves game ended. So um, And that was a kind of crazy, nervy end, as all LFC games happen to be. But uh, so let's start with our usual LFC news in 60 seconds. So Jamie, coming to you and go
3: bit of a long one this week, folks, but we're going to start with some LFC fixture updates. The 4th of April game, 4.30 p.m. kickoff local time against Arsenal at Arsenal. Uh, 10th of April, 3 p.m. local time at home to Villa. So those are both fresh off the press today. LFC women have reported their third consecutive win. Uh, That was a 5-0 stuffing of Coventry. And staying with the LFC women, the player of the month this month is Missy Bo Kearns, Scouse hero, and what a player she is. Uh, staying with the scousers we are talking about curtis jones he's been called up to the england under 21 squad for the euro finals not too happy about that but we can talk about that one. and of course jada caps the night off tonight with a special goal but this is the the big one that i wanted to talk about may drift a little over 60 seconds here but it was joe fagan's heavenly 100th birthday the other day i'm just gonna rattle some numbers off the top here 698 days as lfc manager 225 goals scored by the Reds during his stint, 131 games in charge, 74% win ratio in Europe, 14 out of 19 games. That's the highest LFC manager, 54% win ratio in all matches, 33 trophies, 27 years as coach, trainer, and manager. Two of only two known, or sorry, one of only two known scousers known to manage the Reds, Roy Evans, following in the 90s, and one The first manager ever to lead English team to a major treble in the same season. That's the First Division, the League Cup, and the European Cup. Smoke and Joe Fagan, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. That
0: was a lot of numbers. My mind just blew. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of numbers, let's start with our trivia and get that going uh, so that we can kind of reveal the answer at the end again. So Parker, what do you have for us or what do you have for Paul this
2: week? Yeah, so um, today was the 100th league meeting between us and the Wolves. Um, currently, we lead, or before today, we led Wolves 52 wins to 30 wins for the Wolves. Now it's 53. Uh, However, 53
3: wins. That's my guess.
2: Yeah, great one. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, anyway, on that winning record, we have won a uh, few games in a row against Wolves in general or in league play. How many wins in a row do we have against Wolves? And we're going to start with Timuchin.
0: No, no, no. That would be just wrong. I would feel bad. And not to mention, I would want to hurt Paul's feelings. So we always start with Bickler. So Bickler, you take the first guess as always.
1: And then me and Jamie just jump
3: on that. I thought this was golf rules. You won last week. You go first, right?
1: (laughs) This feels like when you're a kid and you play street ball, and somebody's little brother is like four years older. Always comes out and like you gotta you gotta let you got to lot like him go first so that you can kick him out and like not hurt his feelings later. But I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> what a joke! How many uh, wins in a row? Uh, let's go. I'll go. S- hmm i no, I thirteen. Thirteen. Jesus. All
2: right. That's hot. Thirteen.
1: Jamie, what do you have?
2: I'm low it this week after
3: last week's fiasco. Um sixty-four or whatever it was I guess last time for uh <laughs> don't guess that this time. <laughs> the, the Premier League Chelsea fiasco. Anyway, um I'm gonna go five. I'm going to go with
0: seven. I don't think he would make it a question if it was five. I'm just going to play the mind games over here and go with like seven, and let's hope for that. Uh,
2: and so, I do like the subtlety of uh, of passing off. So you had a little extra time to think, though. Well done. <laughs>
0: Thank you. <laughs> well, this is good. So we'll reveal the answer uh, later on in the podcast uh, for those of you who can Google fast enough. So let's start Champions League first. Uh, Before we get to today's game, Uh, I don't want to go into, like, too many details of the specifics of the game. uh, But, Jamie, let's start with you. I mean, what was, like, the main takeaway you had from that game after watching us take on Leipzig, like, twice? In Hungary, mind you, both of them.
3: So, we're we're starting at Champions League, right? Yep. Even though my mind is fresh off tonight, that's a tough one. Um, You know, Champions League, man, it was... It's great to be back uh, great to have that difference you know because it's always a a, dif- a different vibe in champions League um it's a, a great we can use that as a trampoline um to to sort of as you can see tonight like our even though we had very few shots on goal first half etc etc um, good to good to get back amongst our, our European royalty status and yeah just um just good. Good to be back in Budapest, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, it should make it the home ground for for a while, at least. But,
1: uh, Paul, what did you think? Uh, I mean, it was good. I, I honestly did not think that we would win that convincingly. I thought there would be bigger changes from uh, Leipzig in terms of the way they play us. So I was grateful there wasn't. And we kind of just did our back to doing our thing. Matt had a great game. I mean, this was the game, right, where, like, Fab finally came back and bossed it. Um, So it was good to feel like our midfield was back in it. Um, That was a good game. I mean, Marie came in and did his, like, you know, 15 minutes of fame. Um, You know, he got hurt in the process, which – I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and just say it. I call bullshit on that. I think he I don't think he's hurt. I think he's just like oh my stocks as high as it's gonna be. I'll just sit sit this one out for a little bit maybe fly under the radar get another year under my belt here. Um, but yeah no it was good it was good to um go through uh, it's gonna man, I don't know I'm'm I'm, we've we're still so rough around the edges, man. we don't have confidence. I, we're, I just still think we're not good enough. Um, but Hey man, like we've got some time coming up where we're going to rest and recoup, um, and see if we can get this thing, uh, back together, get a little more confidence, a little more swagger. Um, but yeah, we're through and that's all you can ask for, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing was probably the clean sheets. I just did not see us. Going through it almost made it look easy. I know it was not, but you know, you look at the score lines overall, and there wasn't as much panic. I kind of saw us winning, but I really thought they would give us a lot more trouble, uh, in terms of us defending, knowing our center back situation, and stuff like that. Um, so that was probably like the nicest thing to see. And I don't know, you know, Champions League, when I can see this team going further especially with the time on hand hopefully improving on some things and if we get a couple wins between now and then and if we maybe get lucky with this next round get a favorable matchup I really think we do have a long shot just because this game this team can kind of like go at it for one game focus and go all out and run their ass off and like you know have that energy obviously it's not paying off in Premier League because I don't think we're good enough to be able to do it consistently anymore but um, so you talked. You touched about like the defense. Obviously, Fab coming back into midfield was night and day. Uh, every time he got the ball, I almost got happy and pissed off at the same time because I feel like he should have been there all along. We should have rolled the dice with whoever it is at center back, put the guy where he belongs because he helps the center backs with the gameplay he has. So we should have done it against Chelsea and everybody else. But so that was a given. We kind of almost knew that. Now I guess. Klopp knows as well, Uh, but the center backs. So after the game and still to date, actually, even after today, uh, there is an immense love for Nate. And I realize, I mean, and he has had some good games. I don't know. Part of it is because the expectations are lower uh, or the bar is set lower for these two center backs right now. So we're probably evaluating them on a different scale than we would if they started in the beginning of the season. Uh, But for the long term. How do you see this? Because, I mean, by the last game, after the Champions League game, he had already surpassed Gomez based on some fans. Uh, after today, he might have even, per, you know, surpassed uh, Van Dyke. I didn't have my chance to go through the groups and the comments yet, but you never know. But, Paul, where do you stand on the two center backs? I mean, it's going to kind of touch up on today's game as well, but where do you stand on those guys?
1: Uh, I mean, so... I guess I'll take him one at a time. Nat, right? So my major issue has always been with Nat has been his pace. He wants everything in the air. He's absolutely a monster in the air. Um, he, I think his positional awareness is actually pretty good. Um, my thing with Nat is that he was being shopped in the window prior to COVID because he wanted first time playing time. And, and for his career to continue to evolve, he needed to be playing first team football. Uh, and he's not, he's not going to get that with us. I mean, obviously – he got it this year. Right. Um, and part of the reason uh, we couldn't get a proper offer in, um, uh, and then with sort of the uncertainty with COVID, we hung on to him. Uh, turns out that that worked out well for us. I think he's punching a little bit above his weight right now. Uh, I, th- I think he's, I think he's going to get a little bit of regression to the mean at some point, just based on the fact that I think he's limited on pace alone, especially if we're going to continue to play the high line. Um, uh, that being said, um, there's a lot of intangibles about the kid I love in terms of like his obvious work ethic, um, his, his ability to read the game. I mean, he seems to be a good communicator out there. Um, and obviously you got to love the story. And I think that's what everybody, I think that's where all this love for Nat Phillips comes. It's just like, it feels like a real under underdog like story, right? I mean, he's like the fifth string guy that doesn't necessarily look like the most center back, uh, sexy center back in the world. Um, and he's coming out and having great performances. Um, I think he'll be perfect in a side that plays a little bit. uh, um, That builds from the back, but plays up like their back line. uh, doesn't play cool.
3: And he cut off for me. Yeah, me too.
1: Me as well. There's a lot up in the air on that situation, just given on his injury history. Um, And right now kind of leading into the next point, um, I don't think he's better than Kavak. Um, that was the big question mark, right? When we bought or when we sort of optioned him in on loan, um, is how good is this kid? We knew that Schalke wanted forty million for him. We know he's got loads of international experience, and that loads of big teams have been scouting him since a very young age. So it was kind of going to be—he's the wild card. What is he going to look like coming in? Well, we always talk about on the pod. It's, we're going to have to wait and see how he settles. And this is really tough for him because he's coming into a brand new league and a brand new team playing a different system. He likes the high line, so that helps him. Um, but he's also playing with, with Nat, who's essentially a fifth, sixth string option. So I think what we're seeing is they're, they're forming a partnership. But what we're also seeing is that Kovac's really starting to grow into this side in a really natural way. And I think that his ceiling is ex, he's extremely high. Um, so if I look at Nats long-term, like he's like still five or six back. And I just don't know if that's good enough for him and his ability. Like, I think he deserves to be elsewhere playing football, um, at a high level and a first team at his age. So I don't think his long-term, um, you know, futures with us, you know, they had reported initially that he was out of contract this summer, but apparently he's got one more year. I think is, is what was breaking it. I think Echo put something out earlier this week. He's, he's actually got one more year. So we'll see what he does. A lot of people are like, oh, we should definitely sign him to extension. You know, in us as supporters, we get excited about a player and we start thinking, well, the club should do this and do that. Well, it's not always about what the club wants. It's about what the player wants too. And I think in this situation, um, I just think that he's probably going to want to be elsewhere and, and he, he probably deserves to be elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I think you made a good point there regarding – I think that's where the love comes from. It is a good story, uh, this guy coming in. I mean, kind of like reset said the same thing, right? When he first came in, you know, everybody was rooting for him. And then one mistake and, you know, when his pace got exposed, he got dumped in a hurry. And now nobody wants to talk about him. But um, And I think – I see a lot of like, you know – the kid plays with hearts and stuff like that, which I admit, I mean, he puts his head everywhere. I mean, he's willing to be physical, take on any challenge, uh, puts his body on the line. Uh, but I personally don't think, I mean, I kind of agree in terms of like the future. I don't think that's enough to play with heart is not enough. I think that's why people like it. Cause it makes it feel like any one of us can do it too. You know, if you play with hearts. Uh, but so where do you sit on that, Jamie? I mean, in terms of like the long-term view, um, I mean, if you look into the future, do you see him with us next year or do we kind of capitalize on this and make our money off of him?
3: Well, let, let's be real here. This is a kid who had his Champions League debut the other day, you know. He, I, I honestly think it's far too early to tell. Um, I, I get all the, the points that you and Paul have highlighted there. Uh, they're, they're absolutely valid. Um, maybe he does want uh, full-time football, Um Valid, you know, totally understand that. Uh, definitely got that working class hero vibe, going big time, um, which we as a club love. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of disagree with with what you guys are saying. But I, I see your points absolutely. Um, you know, it is down to that. Uh, personally, I, I think he could grow into a position where and I'm not suggesting that he's the second best defender in the world, a la Lovren. Um, I don't think he's that quality just yet. Uh, I do think he's got a lot of growth. Um, In terms of his pace, like he's been christened the the Bolton Barisi, and Brizi and and Maldini for the older heads, you know, um, they weren't, terribly gifted with pace back then, obviously the game was much different, but what they were gifted with was, was reading the game. And and a lot has to be said, I think in the center back role, maybe not in today's game, because especially with our high line, you can get exposed, but if you can read the game and be a step ahead of your opponent, you can be where you need to be without making a mistake and, and relying on your pace, a la Joe Gomez to, to, Bust a gut, get back there and make a last ditch tackle. I think there's, I think there's definitely a spot for him on the team, um, even considering the fact that we may sign the back, and even with the rumours that we're going for a defender anyway. Um, Varane's been mentioned. A, a lot of names are being touted around, but um, you know, I'm I'm kind of off the opinion where if he's good enough as a kid. Then he, he's only gonna get better. So, you know, I'm. I I'd like to keep our riches, no matter how young or whatever. Even if the kid does want away, I'd be like, no, look, you're you're staying, mate. You you can have the cup games. You can have whatever. Blah blah blah. I I think I think the Liverpool draw is enough to keep him happy, and probably so is his wage.
0: Yeah, I think, like I say, my my personal opinion is, I I mean, I. It is a great story. You got to love the kid and what he's done so far. Obviously, he's performed well uh, and kind of like gave us what we needed. I just don't see it. I mean, I've seen those comparisons. Uh, you know, people were like, oh, it reminds me of like Carrigan and stuff like that. Well, he'd be killed right now with this high line. I think if you were playing a different system, I think my opinion on him would be different. But we're going to play this high line. Regardless, obviously, because, you know, we're trying to find players that would fit the system as opposed to change the system uh to the players we have. So if we're going to play the high line, I think regardless, his pace is going to get exposed. I mean, there was a moment in today's game, which we'll get to next, but where he kind of like couldn't control the ball and it slipped. I guarantee you if that goes and becomes a goal, everybody's back, like turns his back on him again. I think like everybody's riding this like huge high on him right now. And hopefully he can keep going and given the performances, because I really feel like it's increasing his value. Uh, I know what you're saying in terms of like hanging on to players, but if Joel is coming back, we know Gomez and Van Dyke will be coming back. And if we're signing Kabak, which I'm getting the feeling more and more that we will, I don't think he would want to stay. And I don't know if we would want to pay that much to our fifth guy, which we've never had a mess. Like I said, we talked about, I think in the last podcast, where we consider, you know, like Gomez and Kabak being able to play right back and we do something with Nico or something like that. But I don't think we kind of like do that yet either. So, yeah, I mean, time will tell. Obviously, these performances next for the rest of the season will kind of like outline it. Uh, But even then, even if we're not going to keep him, any performance that he gives, I think, you know, increases his value and is good business for us coming up in summer. Uh, So to wrap up the Champions League, go ahead.
3: I, I totally get the Karger, uh resemblance and, and a lot of people saying it, you know, like we said, the, the diehard uh, effort that he puts in. You could see that, like, a, this short interview he had that uh, went viral there the other day, he was talking about, you know, every time I miss a header, it really, really gets to me, you know. But, like, people seem to forget about Karriger. He had the most own goals in any defender in his time at, at the league. Like, he, you know, Karger was great. He put his body on the line, like, Istanbul hero, blah, blah, blah. But he wasn't the best of defenders. He wasn't gifted with the height of, of somebody like Matt Phillips. He, you know, but he put everything on the line. So, I mean, I, just to, you know, give a, a different take on, on the yeah, I think
0: it goes back to what Paul is saying. It's kind of like everybody, like, in the underdog story, and we want this kid to be, like, you know, be the shining star and stuff like that. I, like I say, any good he does is good for the team in the short term for this season and I think long term uh, in the off season as well. So before we wrap up the Champions League talk, obviously we don't know who's going to be in the draw and stuff like that. But if I put you guys on the spot today as I'm about to, how far do you guys see the team realistically going? Is this Will this team be ready... Obviously this break will help build some stuff on defense and things like that. Uh will it be ready to go to take on a team like Bayern, for example? Paul, you kind of touched up on it and didn't seem very hopeful, but what do you got?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a hard no for me. Like <laughs> and I don't want to be a downer, right? Like anything can happen. This team is like flooded with quality. I mean, we're still we're In my mind, we're still champions, right? We're still champions till we're not like, I mean, this is a team that's full of winners. We can do it. I just don't, I don't see it. I think there's too many, there's too many pieces missing. It's, this is still a team, even with that fab back there. um, Henderson, our heart is out. Um, You know, without, without, I just, I think there's too much out of this team missing. Like, I don't, I think that we can regain form and fitness in back to playing football the way that we used to play it. I just think that it's going to take some time and I don't think we're going to be ready. I don't think I don't see us back to that form in that amount of time versus those teams. Now that being said, if we draw like a Porto or somebody like that um, they're going to be missing some players through red card and yellow card accumulations Um they're better defensively than they've been traditionally. That's a team we can play with, though. And I will say something about Liverpool. Liverpool is an extremely, extremely hard team over two legs. So I will say that 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 does play in our favor that it's a it's a, a two leg elimination. Um, but yeah, like playing playing one of the powerhouse teams like Bayern, I, I just don't feel good about that. I, I would say our chances would be very slim to beat a team like that. Jamie, you're see, the hopeful one. What do you
3: have? See, that's it. I'm the hopeless romantic here. Like, that's it. I I, I think, like Paul said, we are a, a great team over two legs. And I think tactically, I think Klopp could play some magic yet. And, and obviously, we haven't got the crowd behind us uh, at a home tie. So let's just hope we get a, a German team. And I think it was Ken Kendra or somebody. I seen somebody on one of the forums said, let's just hope we get a German team when we play in Budapest for two legs again. <laughs> um you know so I, I like i said i'm the hopeless romantic i i i absolutely have faith that we could do i think we could do over a, a big team uh over two legs and i think the squad ethos the 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 never give up i think that's just coming into form like we're just picking up form now through champions league and i i, I honestly i think the spirit of Istanbul has already been channeled. Jamie Carragher has already been seen. We're going to Istanbul. We're going to Istanbul. So I'm, I'm right there behind Jamie Carragher. I, I honestly think, give me anyone. Bring on your internationales. Bring on your... your yeah, I, I don't care. Bring them all on. We're, we're I think we've got it in the bag. I think we can, on our day, we can bring our A game. And I think, like Paul said... We're the type type of team over two legs where we can just put them under pressure.
1: You know, Jamie's a really good balance for like the drunk, the force guy in the corner. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean that—that's that, me though. Like, and I, I, you know, it, it didn't used to be. It wasn't always me, Paul. You know, I have, to, I, have to, I have to have to state this. It definitely wasn't always me. Klopp is a bastard. He's made me into this fucking ever optimistic it doesn't suit me. It doesn't suit my Irish skin. I can feel it crawling outside. <laughs> of, um, beneath me. So don't, don't think the, uh, don't think the, the, that it's lost on me. Hey, got- well, not to
0: mention when he's on a podcast with me, somebody has to be the optimist. Cause I'm going to like just totally <laughs> conflict that and, with my pessimism. But I really think I, I agree with Paul in terms of this is a tough team to go against in two legs. Anything can happen. And I mean, obviously today we got another win, so we'll get to that next. Uh, But I feel like if that's just a step and if this team can maybe string together a couple more wins where the front three get their swagger back, maybe then things can happen, uh, hoping that the defense can improve and things like that. I just feel like we would have to finish and be very clinical against, you know, going one of the, you know, the big powerhouses if we're going to go on to the next round. But... Like I say, it just starts with gaining that confidence, which starts with, you know, stringing some like wins back to back to back here.
3: And it's as simple as this. Like you, you can't like we we always talked about and, you know, we have, I made that joke. Like we maybe we haven't banged our head hard enough against that brick wall yet. You know, it's it's you can't just flick the switch on form. Form gradually comes back. Like, I mean, yes, we've had high scoring games. But you can't just flick that switch back on. Soon enough, we are going to hit form. And that front three is going to click again. And Salah is going to be burying his first-time shots. And Mane is just going to be picking shots off from outside the box. Like, it it, 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 it can't come on overnight, so to speak. So, you know, we're, we're picking up form at just the right time. And I'm feeling bullish. I'm feeling fucking bullish.
0: Eh, I'll roll with that. What the hell? Even you, I'm even going. So that's... I'm under
3: your skin, too much, that's what it is. <laughs> I got you. It's infected you. Under my skin. <laughs> so, let's
0: start with the Wolves game then. And before we head to that, Parker, shoot us some stats. Wow, us with some numbers.
2: Yeah, so... it' a lot better of a game, you know, this time around. Although the stats don't necessarily, um reflect us completely dominating because, you know, we didn't, but it's still better than in recent times. So 12 shots, four of them on goal. The one that really surprised me, we only had 46% possession. I felt like it was a little more than that, but again, I think the first half kind of uh, shot us in the foot with that. Um, one Another one that really stuck out to me was 17 fouls for Wolves today against us. Only giving us two yellows, which, I don't know, that just felt weird. I, I don't remember there being that many. I don't remember it being that uh aggressive of a game from Wolves, but...
0: I think there were a lot of, like, you know, like, tic-tac fouls where we were, you know, we would possess the ball in our end and, and almost, like, bait him to kind of, like, commits and foul us so we can get, like, an easy clearance out of it. I'm assuming most of those... Uh, were that and they did give away some set pieces, not as much as Thiago gave for us, but uh, they did <laughs> give away some set pieces on the wings as well. So, let's talk about the performance. Um, honestly, at the end of the day, right now, all I want is three points, uh, especially with this back line as it kind of grows. And it was a hard fought one, it was stressful, pretty darn stressful, uh, especially towards the end there. Uh, but Paul, what did you make of it overall? I mean, I know, like I say, three points is what matters, but what did you take away from the playoff? Yeah,
1: so three points is what matters, right? But I didn't really come away from the game feeling necessarily, like, overjoyed. Like, you know, I was getting, like, I did that thing where I check and see what nonsense is popping up on social media, and a lot of people were, like, freaking out, super happy, which is good. I mean, obviously, it's three important points, but, like, to me, that win, like, when you're getting three points, like sometimes you gotta grind out the ugly ones, right? And, and we ground like that's that's the key thing is we got three points when I don't think we necessarily played well at all. Um, but that's the thing we got the bounces today, we stuck with it, and we grounded out and got three points. Good on us. The troubling thing to me is I don't think we played a whole lot differently than some of those games that we lost. Um, now a part of that is is like in some of those games we lost we didn't really play that terribly. We just didn't get some bounces. We got some unfortunate calls, some unfortunate deflections, didn't finish well enough. Um, And I think the problem is some of the things that really bothered me about those losses, were still there today. Like, even with Fab back in the midfield, I thought the midfield three as a whole were really not great today. I thought, like, we gave it over. We turned the ball over a lot in midfield. Um, I mean, the finishing still isn't there, and I think that's down to confidence and fatigue. Um, So, like... Good to see a clean sheet. Good to see a back two that's sort of solidifying, and that's sort of the major positive I took from today. Um, Good to see um, Jota back in the side and scoring. Um, But there's a lot of things that leave me concerned. Um, This break for this team probably couldn't come at a better time because, in my opinion, if we were to play Arsenal in four days or in a week, I think they would smash us. I really do. They've got loads of young talent, and they're playing really well right now. So – This break can only help stop their momentum, help us rest up a little bit. But, yeah, man, I kind of came away today with, um, you know, grateful to get three points but still concerned, man.
0: Let's start with, like, I guess go by area there. I know everything feeds off of each other in terms of, like, you know, defense midfield and um, uh, the attackers. But let's start with midfield, Jamie. I mean, what did you think overall? Obviously, Fab, I thought it was, like, solid – uh, but in terms of like when you look at like the trio and seems to be the trio that we're going to have moving forwards with Fenderson not coming back and things like that. I mean, what do you make of it in terms of their performance today?
3: I mean, Paul's not wrong. Absolutely. The the midfield did look a bit disjointed. Thiago looked like he tried too hard. Genie was kind of in and out of the game. Um But yeah, uh, like you said about Fab, Fab was good. Uh It wasn't his his usual instrumental Dyson self, sucking everything up, tidying everything up, but he, he done well. Um, he did get done by a little back heel there in the late, latter parts of the second half, which fed, uh, was it, Adama Traore through. Um, but yeah, one one mention on, on Parker stats about the fouls, half of those fouls for Wolves had to have been Adama Traore's biceps alone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, You
2: know, fun behind the scenes fact That was about going to be my uh, initial trivia question was how many bottles of uh, baby oil does Traore go through in any given match, but uh, I couldn't find the stats for it. The
3: answer is not enough. (laughs) There's not enough real estate on that man's body for one (laughs) bottle of baby oil. What, what Johnson and Johnson
1: issue? rubbing
2: their hands There's just too much surface area I don't
1: understand that I feel like like the, the WWE from my childhood Just came and like dropped down in the Premier League I don't understand <laughs> it I'm like it's slightly a, fascinated But also very confused
3: I think it's one of their uh, One of their uh, physios Ideas it was to Essentially oil him up so that people Wouldn't be grabbing his arms because You know he's, he's a big boisterous lad And, and likes to push his weight around, which he kind of shoved Andy Robertson into next week but there like, in the, in the latter. Would you do
1: that to a player like Joe Allen? Why would you do it to, like – he's already huge. Why would you have to do it to him?
3: Yeah, I, I, definitely not a tree I would be barking up. That's for damn sure. But um,
0: you kind of see why nobody went for him in the offseason, and I really don't see anyone going for him in the offseason for a lot of money because – I mean, aside from the ridiculous physical girth and (laughs) like speed, you know, his play is not that good. I mean, there were so many times where his crossing, his passing, his control is not there. I mean, you can kind of see why, you know, he was, you know, kind of like let's go before and with the price tag they threw on him. Like nobody. on And I don't know if I saw that, heard that right during the game that he does not have an assist or a goal yet this season yeah.
2: he has gone 46 premier league appearances without a goal
1: he's in the fascinating thing is there's so many supporters that want him right but he's he's a one-dimensional speed merchant like he's got he doesn't have i mean he's i'm pretty sure i've got a better first touch than him like he can't cross it like i just i don't get like he he looks amazing right i think people get wrapped up in that but he's like he's super one-dimensional He looks amazing. (laughs) I think that's... Like, he's exciting to watch. I mean, if you turn on the TV
0: and Wolves are playing whoever, I mean, you know, he's an exciting player to watch because, yeah, it's like just like a beast running around, like (laughs) knocking people over and stuff. It's almost like watching cartoons. But, I mean, especially on a team like us where people are going to sit back, he's not going to have that space to run. What I found actually the most shocking was you know we talked about you know Nate, Nate having pace and stuff like that I was amazed that they put him on a side and did not switch his wing uh and have him go at Trent and Nate on that side with Salah defending they put him on the left where Mane tracks back a lot more and has the pace to be able to chase him down so he was double team a lot with like you know Mane and Robo I thought that was kind of like a Bad move on their part, thank God, that they did not have him switch wings, even like mid-game, to kind of take on that side. Because there was one point where, you know, like Kabak was chasing him, and he couldn't get to him, which, you know, how can you blame the guy for not being able to get to him? But, you know, if Nate was chasing him, you would not even have him in the same picture. He would be gone. I just thought it was kind of odd that they buried him on that right-hand side.
1: To be fair, they probably tried to switch him 15 minutes in, and he doesn't speak Portuguese, so...
3: (laughs) (laughs) The thing I think about Adama Traore is and look, don't don't jump down my throat straight straight away, bear with me. No, okay. I'm not I'm not likening him to Cristiano Ronaldo. What I'm saying is Cristiano <laughs> Ronaldo Cristiano Ronaldo with his first couple of seasons at, at United was all show and no go. You know, the, he was doing everything right, but he couldn't have that end product, he couldn't have the cross, he had it was all, all showboat Um and you know, it it took a, a good manager and I thought hate to say it spitting, spitting Alex Ferguson it took him a couple of seasons to kind of get that drilled into him and look we all know what kind of a player he's become um I think if a good manager was to get a hold of Adama Traore he probably would have switched him tactically to the other side um I think if a good manager was to get hold of him he'd be a better player for it uh I'm not suggesting that he's good enough for us because I don't see him dislodging any of our players, but. You know, all, all of that muscle counts for nothing if you've got no end product. And that's where I was kind of getting at with the early days of Cristiano Ronaldo in the Premier League. He had all the talent and all the skill in the world but no end product. So it, it means nothing at the end of it. And it, it goes to show when he's got 46 barren games, you know. So I, I do think there's a talent in there somewhere hidden underneath all the muscles and sinew and baby oil, but uh, it it might take a a good quality manager to to squeeze it out of
0: him. I think it would have taken a good quality manager if that manager met him 10 years ago. Uh, Because, I mean, some of the things that he is not good at is, you know, things like the first touch on ball control and, you know, like touch on the ball and things like that. Um, Whereas, you know, Ronaldo, and I know you're not saying he's going to be Ronaldo, I understand that part, but when you looked at I mean, first of all, Going back to what Paul was saying, he was Portuguese. So that's a big plus. But in terms of like the way, you know, like he played and his foot skills, he had all those. It was just more of like channeling it properly and not over trying using his teammates around him to help him even be more effective and things like that. With Adama, I just see him as yeah, kind of like a one-trick pony, I guess. Yeah, where he has that, you know, physical ability, but I don't know if he can teach you know, at this stage, you know, better touch and to be make him a better technical player. But yeah, I mean, he definitely has a market. I just found it shocking that all this time, and I know he wasn't starting for a while. He made like a lot of off the bench appearances and stuff. I just found it shocking that he does not have one assist with all those balls. And that's kind of like all he does, right? Like runs to the M line and crosses it in. I was just amazed that he does not have an assist from there.
1: I just pulled up a picture of him from 2012. It is wild. Like, I don't know if you guys can see that. Like, he's kind of like... Yeah. It. I mean, I think when you get when you get that big, you sacrifice agility for power, right? Like, and yeah. I think that's the thing is like, it's almost like some of the things we talk about with Shaq. It's like, dude, is he just, he might just be too big, man. Like, in terms of just, um, but I think, yeah, I mean, you come up in the Barcelona Academy system, right? I mean, I think... Some of those things it's concerning that you know there's no first touch and, and some of the, the the sort of fundamentals aren't there for him um,
3: at, at stage so, so what you're saying is he's shack with upper body muscle Yes. <laughs> he's like he's like if his calves were his biceps
1: he's like if you if you stuck three shacks on top of each other and squished them together you'd get it, you'd get it down the triangle
3: <laughs> the par cube cube yeah cube you, yeah. So, <laughs> Power tester. That,
0: that's a lot of math for Jamie there. He was shy. You know, <laughs> way too much math.
3: And <laughs> to the par of three. He's shocked to the par of three. There we go.
0: So going back, I mean, we're not going to say adama's career over here, but it, bottom line is I'm glad that we got Jota over him uh from Walls. So uh, we talked about midfield. Uh, let's go to the front three. Uh, Paul, so let's start with you. The lack of confidence is pretty apparent, but what else do you see there? And obviously, more importantly, moving forward, do you think this 11 that started the last two games, I guess, is the 11 starting from now on?
1: No, I I don't. I think, uh, I mean, I think, look, I, I think one of the things that really pissed me off today is getting online. Cause you, I mean, you guys know how much I love Bobby. He's like my favorite player on the team and then getting on and be like, Oh, look at our new front three. It's like, here we fucking go again. We've already done this. Like it's a huge disservice to like, not only Bobby, but I think it's unfair to Jota too. Um, like they're, they're two very different players. And I will say that Diego, he, he's much, much better than I thought he was. When he came in and he took off, you know, on the ground running off the bounce, I thought, okay, we see a lot of players switch teams and start out hot, right? Like, even, like, look at Tiago before he got hurt. He looked amazing for the 45 minutes we had him before he got hurt. I think a lot of players come into a new side, start off very hot, sort of regress back to the mean, and, and they're somewhere right in the middle, right? And that's what I thought we'd see with him. Now I'm not so sure his mean is where I think it is. He might be better than I thought. Um But he's very different. I don't think he provides the link-up play Bobby does. And I think that link-up play that Bobby has is super, super important in our our transition when we win second balls in defense going into offense. Um, So I almost see Diego is more like he was – my impression, and from what I understood, is we originally bought him as depth behind Monet. So now what we're seeing, we're seeing him played all over the front three and, you know, Bobby's got a knock right now. I think eventually he's going to come back into the fold and he'll be back part of that starting 11 again. Now for how long, that's probably a different conversation. Cause I don't, you know, I don't know what the future of the front three is, is right now. I think for the rest of the year though, I don't, I do think Bobby gets worked in right now. When I look at that front three, Sadio Umane looks dogged to me. He looks super legged. He looks very tired. Um, I think, I think if it were up to me, I would give him some sort of a rest. Thankfully, we're going into this break, so, I mean, hopefully that helps him. Uh, but he looks, um, he looks exhausted, and I think more concerning is he just looks mentally done in right now. Like, you know, we had a couple of first-half chances where normally he pings that keeper. He, like, he chips that keeper very easily. There's a couple of, like, one-on-one situations where you would see him sort of confidently take a chance, and he either, like, held it back um, or didn't take the chance when it was presented and took an extra touch. And I think at this point, he's trying to walk it into the net, which is exactly what happens when you're low on confidence and you're just trying to get it, get it across the line. So um, I don't necessarily buy into the fact that this is our starting 11 from here out, just because I think Bobby gets worked in. Um, I'm not sure. I think in the mids, we're going to see some rotation. I think that Curtis Jones is going to get minutes. I think he's going to get starting minutes. Um, in key situations, um, you do have to like the fact that the more that we rest, we look stronger from the bench. Like it felt good today when Jeannie and Tiago got when they got subbed out and it was Milner and Navi coming in. That felt good. That felt nice. Right. It felt like we were starting to build that bench depth back up. So. Um, I guess that's my view of that going forward. I think there'll still be some moving pieces. I don't think it's gonna be a locked in starting eleven, but I, I think I definitely think like I'm I'm not I'm not anywhere near ready to write off Bobby as like a key piece in the side.
0: Yeah, I agree and I almost feel like, especially at home against teams that we need to open up, I can kind of like see both of them at the same time. I mean, see with Mania, I disagree in terms of Energy. I almost feel like he needs some more goals. He just needs like, I felt like, especially in the first half, he had a ton of energy. It's just like, it's almost like he tries a bit too hard at times forcing it. And then at times he just doesn't have the confidence that one-on-one that was a lack of confidence, not shooting it. I mean, there are a bunch of goals when you look back where he cuts in and curls that ball in from, you know, corner of the box or right in front of the box He's not taking those shots now. He's pulling it back, sitting, rolling it back to Robo, and then we recycle all over again. I personally think it's more like a confidence thing that, unfortunately, it probably won't go away till he gets a couple of goals. I mean, today would have been a great day on the heels of, like, the Champions League goal and stuff like that, but... Uh, so let me answer the front three question to you then, Jamie. I mean, how do you see it going forward? The Bobby haters were out in the forces today, which is just amazing how we can, how the, some, sometimes the fan base can turn on or get behind the player in like a split second. And then just turn on right back again in another split second. It's just amazing. But uh, how do you see it moving forward?
3: It's despicable really is the, the, the fickle, uh... The fickle fan bullshit that we've dealt with sort of all season, anyway. But look, Bobby is the the shining, teethed Brazilian samurai. I love him to bits. Um, I did have high hopes for Diogo when he signed for us. I, in fact, I was I was made up. I was over the moon. Um, I did sort of envisage him trying to nail down his spot, you know, because he he is. I I I saw him being good for us. Like Paul, I, I didn't think he was going to be <laughs> this good. Like he's so direct. I, I love his style of play. He's, he's technical. He's quick. He's, he's direct. Um, he's kind of everything you want from that kind of striker. Um, and our, our guy Dank Danker, um, Jordan Gerrard made the, uh, the Jada uh, post about him as he was signing for us. He never scored a header for us. And I, Think he, I think I'm right in saying he's just slightly taller than Mane and Salah, and he's got two headed goals for us this season. Um, he's got a, a great uh, ratio of goals in the Premier League. Um, like he's he scored a decent a decent amount of uh, left footed goals, decent amount of right footed goals. Like he's he's he is quality. Um, so I just. I don't think he's going to replace Bobby because like Paul said, I think they're two different players, but um, like you said, I I think in a, in an ideal world, there would be a great way to incorporate the two together. Um, I really do think that that could, you know, if it's worked out in the training ground or whatever, I I, I do honestly think that would be phenomenal. Um, But again, like Paul said, he, he can play all across the front three. So like, so here's the stats. He's, um, he's got eight left foot goals, 11 right foot goals, two with a head, 21 inside the box, zero outside the box. Uh, and, and the goal tonight, which was, uh, another right foot at goal, I believe. Um, I love him. I love him the bits. I, I love him so much. I made my own song dedicated to the man. <laughs> oh, what a night. And uh, look, I love him. I, I love Bobby too. Um, so it's it's a difficult one, and
0: man, it's like it's painful watching you try to pick between your
3: kids over here. <laughs> just, it, it really which is. Which you like more? Yeah, and and you know what? Hopefully, hopefully Mane is banging some quality goals in on the training pitch. Obviously, it's a different kettle of fish when you're on a training pitch and you're just shooting practice. You know, there's no defender there. Um, so when when a defender is in front of you, you, you he he gets into that territory where, like you said, he's second-guessing himself. He's taking an extra touch. He's trying to force that perfect angle. So let's hope Mane's banging in balls left, right, center in the train of pitch because I honestly think it's only a matter of time. Like you said, I think he just needs a goal or two. Um, and Like we said earlier on, form's not one of those things where you can just switch it back on to full throttle. You, you kind of have to dip your toes in gradually. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great... Time for Jota to come back from from injury because, like Paul said as well, he he really did hit the ground running, and that's no that's no uh, smoke up his ass. You know, he he's he's he does seem to be that type of player. You know, just so direct.
0: I think. I mean, we've been complaining about. Uh, I mean, the fan base has been complaining about. Like, you know, we talk about depth and things like that, and we're like, oh, the front three were wearing him down. So it's great to have an option and do something different if we want to, because I feel like the way they create space uh, for the other two is different between like Jota and like Bobby, because uh, we're, you know, Bobby is movement is what creates it. I feel like on the dribble Jota creates a lot of havoc uh, at like going at the defense uh, as opposed to Bobby kind of like pulling them away and creating space. So, I mean, it gives us options on what to do based on who we're going to play against. And that's what you want. I mean, going back to what Paul is saying, it was good to have the people coming off the bench, coming in and being positive and being energy and not suffering in quality. I mean, what was up with Ox today? That was like, uh, probably the Breath best I've seen him, uh, in over a year. It was, yeah. It was excellent to see. I know, I mean, I know, Paul, you've been very critical of him, too. Uh, not as critical of as you would be with Divac. But, I mean, what did you think? <laughs> I mean, he was just, like, amazing today when he came in. I was like, is this the same guy? Where is this coming from?
1: That's Ox, right? I mean, he's like super frustrating. I mean, you he had some he had some stretches at Arsenal where he looked like world class. That's all I can think of time you say world class. And then he'd get injured again, and like you know, that's that was really the frustrating thing that that they ran into with him at Arsenal. I think it's the same thing here. I love Ox. I think he's a great kid. I think he's hilarious. I will watch everything that he does on Instagram as long as he promises never to dance on marble and socks again. Oh, Dude, like, I just, I like, I think I peed when I saw that I was like terrified. I'm like, um, well, yeah, like, I think he's a great player. I would love to see him come into form. I mean, Lord knows we could use another player that comes on with pace. He's got a he's got a rifle on him so he can shoot from distance, which is great. Uh, But I think He's kind of like – he's a little bit like uh, Jota in the fact that, like, we need players that can actually run at people with the ball and feel comfortable doing that because I think sometimes – we get in the situation where we want to play all these diagonal balls. All these yeah. That's, that's like, that's our plan. Need, you know, somebody we need somebody to run who can at somebody at somebody at beat the, the lines by position just and make that gunning
3: straight because through. It's not always like, about, look, I'm a, I'm a Bobby Liverpool fanatic, right? I love Liverpool. I, I listen to the Red Man. I listen to like, the, rap, blah, blah, blah. so the Redmen TV said something, must be weeks ago now. They said something about Ox. Um, and they were talking about other players, you know, when, uh, when other players are coming back from injury, like Nabi Kaida, when Nabi Kaida comes on the pitch, it's back to Nabi Kaida. Like it, there's no, there's no doubt in your mind that that's Nabi Kaida. When Ox comes back from injury, it's like who is this guy? It's, he's not playing like Ox anymore. And so Paul Machen's point was that possibly we got Ox a year too late from Arsenal. There was too much Arsenal in him. Um, which I, I, I really thought was a, a, a great uh, point up until today because that, that's the arcs of old. Like I, I love the fact that oxley chamberlain whilst that Arsenal on the sidelines doing a post-match interview, said while Stevie G was listening in the fucking studio, he was like, yeah, I want to be the next Steven Gerrard in an Arsenal shirt. I fucking love that about him. He, he's brilliant. He's got, he's got balls. He's got big enough balls to moonwalk on tile and marble and whatnot so like if we can just get a glimmer of what he is back and like today was a a revelation to see him just gung-ho you know it was it was great see i don't agree that we got him
0: late i mean he was i mean even last year i mean we forget but he had a lot of crucial goals in that run to the title and you know the season before uh, I mean, that injury, like almost like the back-to-back injuries, has really hurt him. I think if he doesn't have that, those, like, brutal injuries. Was that a Champions League game? I can't remember. The really bad one. That would just happen out of nowhere as he was actually pressing. If yeah. that doesn't happen, I really think he's one of the first names to be penciled in right now. But, yeah, it has kind of, like, drilled him And, yeah, we missed that. Uh, You get that with Nabi too, like passing between the lines. So Which brings me, actually, uh, to our back line, oddly. uh, Because I thought, actually, Kabak was doing really well today. I like his, like, grumbles in between the lines, you know, finding, like, Thiago and Genie and stuff like that ahead of, like, the press. And I thought he had, like, an excellent game. But, as always, I had the Turkish bias. So, I'll come to you guys. (laughs) Um, What did you make of his play? Uh, I've seen, like... You know, player of the match and things like that. I, I don't know if I would go to that extent, but I thought he had like a really solid game. So, Paul, where do you sit with him right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that stood out to me is, like, when I look at his last three performances, he's building on these performances. Like, each one is gotten progressively better from the last one. And that's the thing that's super encouraging because they're three very different sides um, against three very different front lines. Uh, And that's really promising to me. Like, um, I don't want to – like, I have – tried not to get too excited about three points this year because i think we've seen this we've gone on these little mini runs and then we kind of revert back to poor form and and i'm really excited about this kid because i think he's gonna be i think he's gonna be super i think he has the potential to be special uh, as a center back and like we've watched this kid for almost six years now so we know exactly what we're getting um I think he's got all the physical tools that (laughs) we look for in the system that we have. Um, He's got it all, man. Like, yeah, that, that, I think the passing today stands out because we knew that he was relatively pacey in the front line. And by the way, when we go back to room 101, one of the things that needs to go in 101 is that Kavak doesn't have pace. That garbage take, that take is garbage. And, And all due respect to people online who say it, it's a garbage take get off of it because you're clearly not watching matches. He caught Timo Werner on a full sprint from behind. He stayed with Adamatriori like on a full wind sprint. Like I just if you look up every prevalent scattering report on him, pace is one of the main thing that comes up as his attribute. Like the only reason people are saying that is because there's this great blue collar underground store uh, underdog story with Nat and it's a byproduct of that story that the pace thing comes up with the cow back but people need to take that and throw it away because it's a garbage take. He's got loads of pace. The thing that stood out with the passing was one thing that you don't really see come up in a lot of his scattering reports is, is they don't really talk about, um, they talk about the fact that he's comfortable with his feet, but they don't really talk about his uh, vision in terms of distribution. And like today he was seeing passes that are there that not a lot of center backs, like just naturally see, um, that's almost like that's uh, almost like a midfielder, like a, a deep lying midfielder, deep lying playmaking midfielder would make, and that's what stood out to me. Um, don't get me wrong; really he's gonna make mistakes. I mean, I can call it right now. I don't want to get he's like, going he like, has I a just, couple of mistakes. I was in him, blown away.
0: Uh, Sometimes this season coming up, because
1: like I, he's like, getting better and better with every moment. We like really, it, always told you guys that side, reminds um, me of
0: Gomez in that sense. I mean, he has the pace. Sometimes might be out of position. should expect it. Counting on that pace. Uh, I think, you know, like thinking I'll catch up anyway kind of thing. But I think just like Gomez, he's good on the ball because, like I say, the kid can play right back as well. And anytime you say that about a center back, usually that kind of implies decent passing and like, you know, like good ball skills. And that's kind of like what we look for. So Jamie, what did you make of his performance today? And I guess looking back a couple of weeks, I know I asked you guys, I think it was like two podcasts ago. Are we signing him or not? It's still too early to tell, but what did you think of his play?
3: First of all, I'm all for bringing Room 101 back solely just for those people who think the back's slow. Let um, me throw Paul's... the
0: people in there instead of the topics? Because that would be a lot more effective.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It might fill up Room 101 pretty quick. Um, but Paul's absolutely right. And look, again, we're, we're equating all of this center back tomfoolery to Virgil van Dijk. You know, everyone's going to look slow to Virgil Van Dijk. and and yeah. like words of today with uh, Adamo Traore, everyone's going to look slow up against Adamo Traore. The fact of the matter is, if if Virgil Van Dijk's the Rolls Royce, right? Let's let's say Kabak's more like a, a, a like an old Daimler limo. You know, it, it may take him a little longer to get to full speed, but he he will get to full speed. Like it's it's. And and like we all say, pace isn't something you can teach. He has it in him. He has the athleticism to get up to full speed. And he I dare say Kabak is the type of physicality. Like he he's no Nat Phillips is slender. And I'm a slender man. Slender has been my MO for since the day I was born. Um, well
0: one thing I can't brag about, but okay, go on.
3: <laughs> like you literally couldn't fat me. I swear to God. I've tried it all. Anyway.
2: Phillips. I know, the, I know the feeling.
3: I know. I know. I can hear everybody's tiny little sad stories going. But but, <laughs> truth speak, like, Kabak is a unit the same way Virgil van Dijk is a unit. Like, he's a big lad. So just because of his weight, he has a slower, that let's sounds say, like worse. pace from 5 to 10 yards. But once he gets into third and fourth and fifth gear, I guarantee you there's no stopping that, man. He's like a fucking Titanic. You know, it may take him three miles to, to make a right turn, but he's at full speed. You know, I, I honestly think he's not slow, um, and I, I I honestly think that he's the type of person that can even get faster. I know you say you can't you can't teach speed, but I I, I think through his tactical knowledge and physicality, probably progressing the longer he stays at Liverpool, I think he can get faster, um, just by by Pure muscle. Um, I think he is going to be a a high-quality sign-up for us. How how much is he supposed to be at the end of the year? $18, 20, somewhere around there, right? That's that's a that's fair. That's a fair amount. Like, would you much rather spend twenty million on Kabak, or would you rather spend, let's say, thirty or forty million on Baran? plus the wages which would probably be another 10 million there like i, I, I just think longevity and uh, quality it, it's right there like he's he, i wouldn't say he's a million miles off that the type of player that a Varane is now. like in in 3 or 4 years i think he's right up there i think i think he's definitely up there in that bracket of of upper echelon defenders in the-
1: It's interesting because I think when you look at it, I think if let's just say, let's say theoretically, Joe Gomez comes back and he's back to old Joe Gomez, right? There's no drop off. I think if Joe Gomez stays healthy and Kovac stays healthy, I think Kovac has enough. I think he's got the physical intangibles in a, I think he has enough to possibly supplant Joe as a number two. Like, I think, I think he can be that good. Obviously, that's, like, a lot of projection and assumption based on a lot of moving parts. But to me, when I watch him, he's got enough pace and he's got enough there. I think, you know, sometimes, like, he's easy because he's 20, but we forget that players get better. One more thing no I will say what is, age, for the most part, he's a up Liverpool until 30s 2005, the he would have been, what, Sixers
3: five or six. Uh, and
1: I think that he, like, he's
3: come out and said that because of Istanbul, be, he Quebec uh, is a little fan. So that there's going to be a lot of make it
1: a very difficult decision. Maybe he doesn't precisely
3: a get what being a, a scouser is, but he is a scouser now and he's going to learn more and more every day. Uh, and when COVID and everything's all gone, he's going to go out there and meet the Liverpool people. And they're going to open him. They're going to welcome him, welcome him with open arms and, He's going to feel that love. I, I honestly think that's a huge thing in a player's progression. Like all the players go out to, to Alderhead and they go to the hospitals, they go to the schools, they do all the the helping around. Like when he gets to see those children's faces light up and they're like, he's their hero. Yeah. I think, I, th- I think we've got a solid player in our heads. And the fact that he's a fan just sings it even truer for me. I mean, the fact that he's Turkish says everything's for me, but <laughs> no, I, mean, I, think the,
0: I think it's just smart business at the end of the day. I mean, we got a great lease deal, right? You know, we get to test drive him and then see how it works out. And I really think it has worked out good so far. And if you're able to kind of address that center back situation with 18 or 20 or whatever the non-final number is, that also leaves a lot of money for everywhere else that you want to spend it on. So I think it's good business at the end of the day. So Let's go back to Parker and get the results for this trivia. Did Paul get it right or did I win again?
2: All righty. So if we're going back and listing off just to catch up what everyone's guesses were, we had Paul guessing 13, Jamie guessing five, Tamuchin guessing seven. And the total number up to date now is that Wolves have lost nine league matches in a row. Damn! So Timushin, looks like you got closest. Uh, Congratulations! I wish I could help you
0: guys. How? tell you guys how I ding, do ding, it. Ding.
2: <laughs> Is it just kind of throw it, throw a dart at the dartboard, and go where it miss, go where it hits?
0: No, this works out great. I just have Paul guess, and I kind of like feed off of that. So yeah, I
2: like know. That's why we need to have it. you we'll go, have go first.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> One of these days, I'm gonna win. So,
0: gentlemen, our next game is April 4th away to Arsenal. So, it's way too early to go with that. So, we have like three weeks over here with no Liverpool games to watch. What the yeah, heck the are the you guys cards. going real to nice. do? Jamie, what the hell are you going to do?
3: <laughs> I'm just going to be sitting here singing my Liverpool songs, my Jada song, my Thiago song my Bobby fucking Firmino song. I'm just going to be sitting here singing nonstop. That's it.
0: Parker, you singing, man? Or what are you doing?
2: (laughs) I'm going to be a lot less stressed for a little while, so that's good.
0: I know Paul is not singing.
3: What are you doing? (laughs)
0: Are you reading um, this, or did you just like looking really up the promo? What
1: you guys should be doing is watching Last Chance <laughs> to you on Netflix. The basketball is Paul,
2: better than Paul's any of the football for Netflix, season. lads. Don't the worry. True
1: coming together story of five kids that are transferred into a junior college <laughs> to try to win a state. Championship. I'll tell you what. In Paul's defense, uh, he
0: does have good show recommendations. I have his like top twenty-five that he posts on Facebook. And I'm trying to knock him out. No, I just, I just. goddamn this watch. guy watches like, no, way too much TV. I'm so there's too- no <laughs> way in hell anybody's going to keep up with that list. He has shit on there. That's like 12. No, dude, I'm just and too stuff. short of fat to be
1: hired in uh, that kind of business. But I'm good at it. You <laughs> can do it. Well, I'll tell you what
0: American Scots was going to be doing, though. See like, see how I tie that in there? Yeah, that's vintage. Uh, so there, we got a lot going on, obviously, with April uh, approaching. First of all, we have our giveaway starting. Uh, we've been taking votes, actually. If you go to our Instagram accounts, if you're not following why aren't you? Uh, but I you should follow I the Instagram the accounts and know, vote no. on which jersey that you would like to be on the next giveaway. Uh, after all these votes, we had a 50-50 tie. And I voted and somehow somebody had voted at the same time. We're still a 50-50 tie.
3: So we're uh, to- it to was me. Because, because you know why? Because I've got the home shirt. And I personally think that a lot of people will have the home shirt. And... <laughs> They may not like the away shirt, but I love the away shirt. That's it was me to much. I hold my hands up. It was me. I'm the away shirt. Dickhead.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be giving away a Jersey. Uh, we got a bunch of these aways coming up actually. And then we have a ton of articles coming up in April. Uh, we have a bunch of new and all writers. Um, specifically looking forward to a couple of the pieces. Like I know VJ will be writing on Tiago. I would really love to see his analysis, like number analysis between uh, before and after fab, especially because that has to be like eye-opening. but uh, some historical pieces, informational pieces as well. So there's a lot happening. So your guys answer should have been actually writing, but you guys all got it wrong.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm still over here singing Tiago. Tiago Alcantara. Maybe we can
0: have like a music section that you can fill in or something like that as well. Actually. No, no, the, no. no. I would recap. Forgot to mention that. So your 60 seconds all added up into one big, I'll leave the math to you. I know you're the math guy. So I'll leave
3: <laughs> <laughs> with all them numbers, I rattled off about smoking Joe Fagan earlier on. Uh, brilliant. Any parting words, gentlemen,
0: before we wrap it up for the week? Yeah, I knew that was going to be your <laughs> <laughs> well thank you again for joining me and thanks to all for listening go to that Instagram account on vote today so that we can announce what Jersey we're giving away in our next giveaway which should be starting next week uh, thanks again for listening and see you guys next week
1: ah. <laughs> uh. okay
3: hell yeah